Welcome back, Sprinkles. In this episode, we're going to talk about like different jobs that uh, I've done. And if Michelle wants to throw some stuff in there. I'm I, afraid. You're afraid. I'm told her she doesn't know everything that I've done <laughs> in my life. And I'm not, this is all going to be new for her. So if she gasps or gets really quiet. Over <laughs> Buckle <this>. up. <laughs> Buckle up. Okay. I, I would like to say I'm very diverse in the different things I've done um, with my childhood, with everything. Um, I uh, would like to say the positive part is I know I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. Like I could, you know, adapt to whatever I need to. Right. Um, I got my first job when I was 11 working in my aunt and uncle's pet store. Um, I would clean the fish tanks and all the cages, all the shit out of all the (laughs) gerbils, hamsters. I'd gotten bit plenty of times. Oh my gosh. No wonder you have so many pets. (laughs) Yes. No. So that's why when people give away their pets, I'm like, oh, I've dealt with lizards, birds, Mm -hmm. cats, dogs, hamsters, (laughs) you know, a little bit of everything. I got this. So like I started out doing that. Um, I was actually working for them because I wanted a 55 gallon fish tank and, um, I had learned how to take saltwater fish and, um, well, no, it wasn't saltwater fish. It, yeah, no, it was, and turn them into brackish. So I had like a brackish tank, so we would convert them. So I was learning weird stuff at like 11 and 12 years old, um, then as soon as I could work, I started working at Sonic as a car hop. <laughs> and at my Sonic, I had to wear roller skates oh, on Saturday night. Classic. <sighs> well, um, by then I was already a mom too. So it was like, you know, I'm 16. I'm at Sonic, like wearing roller skates on Saturday nights. Um, and they, I had, a, I had fun there. I did that for a few years. And then I went into, I, I liked the food industry and I was like, you know, I like getting the tips. So mm-hmm. I was like, I went to start working at this Mexican restaurant called Jalisco's and the uh, owner there, his name was Juanito. And, you know, I was still, you know, like 16 years old, but it was like right down the street from my school where I took my son with me. So I would send my son on the bus home with my sister because I had daycare at the school and I would walk to work. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go straight to work and then I wouldn't, I would literally leave, get to school, you know, like 8am and I wouldn't get home sometime to like 11, 12 at night. Cause I was waiting tables and I made really good money there. Cause mm-hmm. I ended up like, the funny thing was I ended up working there for like three, four years and I, the teachers would come in on Friday nights and I served alcohol. I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to then I was in Kansas, but the owner would come up and he was this sweet little Hispanic man. He'd be like, he'd be like, uh, what do you say? Cuatos años, mija. And I would say, so he'd be like, how old are you, my daughter? I'm like, I'm 18. He said, good girl. Good girl. Because you had to <laughs> he be 18. Knew, but yeah, he's like, <laughs> like yeah, he's like, how good. To, yeah, because I had to be 18 to serve alcohol. Right, right. But that's where I made my money. Mm-hmm. And like I said, by that time, I'd already even had a child. So I'm like, I needed, you know, a good amount of money. Like right. I had to support my kid. Right. Um, so I had done that. And, um, I ended up getting on, um, this is a life I've lived. So you probably, you don't know any of this. I got on section eight, um, 
at 18, which I think back then I paid like $8 a month rent Wow. for me and my son. They mm-hmm. would, they gave you a voucher and like, you know, the county picked up the other amount of it or whatever. So I got my first apartment and even though I only paid $8 a month rent, like, you know, I had to have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I paid car insurance, had to, you know, pay a little bit for daycare, all the utilities, like, right. you know what I mean? Like my daughter's getting ready to leave the house. I'm like, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like you have to pay to take a shit. Right. Like they don't know that. Like, I'm like, yeah, you know that water costs money, but what you don't know is you flushing your shit costs mm-hmm. money. Like, yeah. And I didn't know, like, that was a huge, like, right. Wow. Like at 18 years old, I'm mm-hmm. out living on my own with my kid. And I'm like, I have to pay sewage and I have to pay water mm-hmm. and I have to pay electricity. Mm-hmm. If I want a cable, I had to pay cable. Right. <laughs> Back then, you know, the best thing I could do for him is like go rent movies at Blockbuster. You know what I mean? You right. have to do stuff for kids to keep them occupied. So I'm like, okay, I'm kind of desperate for money. Mm-hmm. Well, what did I do? I walked in to a strip club. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 18 years old. I was terrified. I sat down and I knew another girl that worked there. And I was like, well, I'm just going to sit here and see if I get a feel for it. Well, there was this other older woman that was a stripper, not older. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm 18. She's maybe 30. Like she right. wasn't old all, but she oh, comes so up. so old. So old, you know. <laughs> And she comes up to me and she's like, you know, if you sit here, you're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but you got to tell me like, you know, which, which goes back and people are probably like, if they've listened to our other episodes, yes, I've been a victim of like sexual abuse and stuff like that. But what's sad is that whenever that happens to you, it's, it's in your head. Like, I know this is a sick way of thought process, but mm-hmm. at that age, I knew that sex cells right wasn't necessarily sex that I was having but like my someone looking at my body right um but you know again it was something that it felt dirty so Mm -hmm. that's why I was like I'm gonna sit here and watch Mm -hmm. so this woman comes up to me and she's like no you gotta go back here we're gonna put you in an outfit Mm -hmm. I go back there like they're doing cocaine like they're Mm -hmm. and like I'm like uh no you know Mm I I didn't even drink then because I had a kid like I was freaked out like you know and of course I had a mother that was like an addict so I was like I'm I would never do that Mm -hmm. so she was like well you're gonna have to take a shot or something Mm -hmm. so I was like okay so they went up to the bar got me a shot I took a shot they had me in this hideous outfit um and she's like, okay, just come with me. Mm-hmm. So I go out there and I sit back down. She's like, goes up on the stage, does her little thing. Um, then she goes, you would go around after you got, did your thing on the stage. Like what you had to do at this place is it didn't have a DJ or anything like that. You used to have to, it's called pay the jukebox. Yes, it was an actual jukebox. This place was hideous. It was in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> it was called the Pink Flamingo. It's still there to this day. People call it the bird. Oh, my gosh. Um, And it was basically like, it, it was weird. So you would, every time you would come in, so as as a dancer, mm-hmm. we'll call them dancers because I don't want to like offend anyone. As a dancer, you would have to pay the jukebox every day. So, which meant that, if you were working one shift, then you had to pay a certain amount. If you were working both shifts, you had to pay a certain amount. So you pay the jukebox. So she gets up on stage. She, you know, pays the jukebox, goes up, does her dance. 
And then she would go around to everybody that was sitting. Mm-hmm. And I'm following her like a little weirdo. Like. Right. <laughs> And so she's asking this guy, you know, and what she was doing is asking him if they wanted lap dances uh-huh. because that's where you made your money. You didn't make your money. Like, I, and and I hear young girls talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm going to be a stripper. I'll make so much money. They think they're going to go up on a stage and people are going to be like throwing money at them. Right. No, you're going to have to grind on some freaks. Right. Weird genitals. To okay. make some To money. make some money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's not how it works. So she gets on this guy. He's like, okay, because the minimum is like 40 bucks for lap dance. So he gives her 40 bucks. She's like on this guy. She's grinding on him. This is like, this was something I will never forget. Mm-hmm. She's grinding on this man so hard that the fucking chair breaks. Oh my gosh. He ends up on the ground. She's still dancing on him. She doesn't stop. There's not a blink. There's not a flinch. She goes down with him and is still just doing her thing. Oh my <laughs> So I mean, you didn't turn around and run at that point. No, it was like a train wreck. You know what I mean? Like you're like I'm watching. Like Mm -hmm. I I, like I shouldn't, but I'm staying. I can't stop not watching. Right. So she's like doing this right, and I'm like, okay, um, that's weird. We'll come to find out. Like first off, she did that. Like she was a lesbian woman. She's like Mm -hmm. men. Men to me, it doesn't. It's whatever. Like if they get turned on by me, that's one thing. I'm not interested. Right. So that kind of like I was like, yeah, but see, like you have that. Like I don't. Mm -hmm. But not that I would be interested in the men, but like them feeling like they're interested in me. Like it's just you know weird. So long story short, I end up going up on stage. I dance. I get a decent amount of money. I, you know, did some lap dance. I would make, I would only work lunch because I would only do it when my son was gone. And um, so I never worked the evenings or anything like that. And I did that for about six months and uh, made wonderful money. Mm-hmm. Lunch, lunches, I mean, I was making probably $1,500 a day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that was back in 94 five six wow so you were that's that was a lot of money back then it was a lot of money yeah I ended up having like this black lacquer dining room table that had like mirrored top on it they probably thought it was some kind of like people that came in like some Vegas like (laughs) (laughs) something or other I don't know and so I did that and I make money but the thing is is like I did that and it was like that was a part of my life where I let, then start like questioning my sexuality mm-hmm. because it almost made me sick. Right. Like because the men that came in there they were so disgusting. Well, they were all married. Yeah. And they were construction that would mm-hmm. come in on their days like that yeah. it was raining or you know what I mean we're not talking like single guys or young guys and it was a college town. Right. But most of them were married men. Yep. Their wives thought they were out working Mm -hmm. and it totally like skewed my perception of like men in general. Right. It like, it seriously made me sick. Like at that point in my life, I was contemplating going like full blown lesbian. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't even like men. Like they're disgusting creatures. Yeah. And everybody's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, you have no idea. Like I, it's just, it's overwhelming to know that like most of these men have like families at home. Kids at home. Yeah. Wives at home. Like yes. probably go to church on Sunday. Yes. Hypocrites mm-hmm. for sure. Yes. Yep. You know. So when I was there though, I did find this man. He was an older gentleman and he really, the reason why I kind of want to talk about these jobs because it really, this person totally, he's touched my life from then to, to ever. Mm-hmm. 
and he was an older gentleman. His name was Gino. Mm -hmm. And he seen me and he knew I was a young girl. He knew that I was a good girl and that I was innocent. He was like, he would like be like, come over here and sit with Gino. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go. He's like, I'll pay you. Like he paid me just to sit there. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me things like, you know, what are you going to do with your life? And, right. you know, and, and, and I, t I confided in him, I was like, I have a son. And he's like, then this is just a stepping stone. This isn't like, I can tell you right now, this isn't for you. Right. And I realize you're doing what you have to do to make money for your son. And he was always just asking me questions to make me think about like the future and how I could better myself and what I needed to do. Right. And he was seriously like life changing for me. Right. And so I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there talking to him. He's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I ended up going to cosmetology school. Mm -hmm. Not going to lie, when I was in cosmetology school, I met Porno Bob. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do Porno. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we just called him Porno Bob. Oh, boy. <laughs> I might need some alcohol for my Starbucks. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I did not know any of this. This was not the day to bring Starbucks. <laughs> You're like, Porno Bob and Gino, what's happening? Oh. So Porno Bob, he only liked negligees. He would pay you $100 an hour to take pictures of you in your lingerie. So nothing new. Like I didn't even show breast or right. anything like that. But he was just an old pervert that was mm -hmm. like, can I pay you $100 an hour to take pictures of you? And I'm like, yeah, but I really think he was like impotent or something like. Yeah. He was, he, you know, something. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even like, he wasn't like, I don't even know how to say it. Like he wasn't even aroused or mm -hmm. anything. So it was just like, okay, here you go, Bob. Like I'm going to do these. Still have some weird pictures up there in a, mm -hmm. in that trunk in my upstairs. So next time you walk past that trunk, you'll be like, ooh, there's weird pictures from porno Bob. <laughs> porno Bob. I don't <laughs> think I'll ever get that out of my head. <laughs> Thank well, you for that. <laughs> My cousin, my cousin went to Porno Bob too because I he needed some variety. I was oh my gosh, I wasn't doing it for Porno Bob. <laughs> so that was my end of stripping and Porno Bob. Um, I ended up going to cosmetology school. I did hair for a so while. So wait, you just walked away from it? Um, yeah. I mean, first I I took some of my photos from Porno Bob, and no, I was just like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he was just like. Like I said, it was like if I needed extra money, I could go for like three hours and make $300. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And, right. and he, he had like weird little props and shit. Like. Right. But I imagine for somebody that is, you know, struggling, it is was, living in Section 8 to give up $1,500 a day. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of that was cash. Yes. Under the table. Like yes. no one knew. No one knew. Um, To how you go to a like a, we'll just call it like a normal job. Well, that's why I had to step down with porno Bob because yeah, the $1,500 a day. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to cosmetology school and, mm -hmm. you know, working in the evening. Um, actually when I was in cosmetology school, I'm working in the evening at Hardee's. So I'm like, uh, this isn't cutting it. Yeah. Like I had to find something to do. So what, polyester princess. I'm like, what is the next thing I can do? <laughs> well, I can model negligees for porno Bob. There you go. And so porno Bob was my extra money. Like, you know, whatever. I mean, because back then I'm going to be for real. Like I wasn't getting child support or anything mm -hmm. like that. That wasn't even like a question. Like I was just doing it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and my, 
my mom had her own kid that was three months younger than my kid. So it's oh. not, you know, nobody, I didn't really have help. Like I helped other people. Right. Like I would watch her kids and like my brothers and my mm-hmm. sisters, but like, no, like I, it was a rare occasion that she would actually watch my kids. Wow. And so I was like constantly doing it on my own and you know, yeah, I'd like, I used to be embarrassed to say stuff like this. And this is why I mm-hmm. wanted to tell you, cause I've never even told you this stuff, but if I wouldn't have done that stuff, I wouldn't have been, cause it's just like you said, you go from making $1,500 a day and I was 18 years old. Yeah. I mean, and that's a lot of money. I mean, you had to think you were like, you hit the jackpot. Like, like you for landed the deal. Like you, yeah. And, and, and I felt that way. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I loved the money, but like I said, the whole it, and believe it or not, I don't know. Like I've heard girls and even my daughter's, like, oh yeah, I'll just go be a stripper. I'm like, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. To me, like I want some type of like when I'm with a man, it needs to be something intimate, not just like you're looking at me like a piece of meat. Right. Was some of it flattering for sure. But there's, mm-hmm. you have to have a mindset in that. And like my daughter's, I'm like me, I got to the point where it's like, like I said, men, it was just like, it's whatever. Right. Like you're, you're my paycheck. That's it. Right. I mean, other you're, than yeah, that, you're a paycheck. Other, yeah. other than that, like, I'm not looking mm-hmm. at you any other right. way, but I told my daughters like, they're no, they're not that kind of people. Mm-hmm. They would be too. And I'm like, that's a difference between me and them. They're like, mom, sometimes I said, no, it's not that I don't have any emotion. And we've talked about this for like, I can compartmentalize things. Right. Because I had to. Right. And they've never had to, which is great. Right. But that's why I'm like, there's no way you would go in and be a stripper. Right. You would be like, you would be a mental mess. Right. Because um, you, you have to just completely disconnect. Yeah. Completely mm-hmm. disconnect. And I could do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I can disassociate now, even mm-hmm. when I need to, like, I know that sounds horrible, but I can. Right. And, you know, I, I did what I had to do to survive. So, you know, but I feel like part of that and making all that money and then has really pushed me to be as hardworking as I am. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes I push other people. And, you know, and it's not like, cause I push my husband a lot. I now probably pushed you too. I'm like, well, do this, like bring me this, like, yeah, you know, no, it's great. I mean, like, but like, I, I only do it because I genuinely like love and care about people right. and I want to see people succeed. And I know that like, I know what it feels like mm-hmm. to not have the things that not just that you want, but sometimes need. Right. And as parents, like, and as a mother at that age, like, I wasn't going out and buying myself like, I mean, even though I was making great money, it's not like I was buying myself great things. I did end up getting a car finance in my first automobile at 18. Right. Um, but I was also paying full coverage insurance at 18. Right. Um, you know, but most, most of that money went to my child Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it was, it's really pushed me for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And, it taught me things that not only did I not want to do again, but it taught me things that I could take from that and, you know, kind of, kind of twist it and how it goes on with everyday life. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, and if you want something, I'm going to mean, you got to work hard for it. And the truth is, is one thing I can tell you about an exotic dancer is they work their fucking asses off. Oh, I'm sure. And and I mean that. Like they are like you are constantly on your feet. Dancing is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there I I knew people, there was a girl there that was going to 
medical school. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why she's doing it. Like everybody always thinks, oh, they're probably trashing. No, like there was girls because it was a college town uh-huh. that were going to college that were just doing that to to have money to, to have yeah yeah because they're living off of ramen noodles, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, you know, so that that's one thing that changed my perspective doing that, because I was like, you know, I went in there and I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I'm just sitting there and they're like, no, you're going to do this. And I'm like, so it taught me about people, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's another thing. It's like I don't try to. That's why I never try to judge people or if somebody says, something, oh, well, you know this about so and so. Well, no, I really want to see that for myself because. Right. You don't know. Right. So it taught me it taught me a lot. And when I look back at it now, that's kind of why I wanted to share it is that without those experiences, I wouldn't be who I am today. Right. And, you know, and it, it, it's such a good lesson is that you can never judge anybody unless you've walked in their shoes. Oh, 100 percent. Because, you know, you can have the mindset of, oh, she's a stripper. But yeah, well, that stripper could have been your could be your doctor in the future exactly. or, you and, know, and this woman now is a doctor. Right. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe she was, but look at the payoff in the end. Yeah. And, you know, people, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive and you gotta do what you gotta do to take care of your kid. And, you know, it's just such a great lesson. It, it really is. But now judging. I'm like, now I'm like, are you looking at me weird? Oh no. I'm just teasing. No. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're like porno bomb. (laughs) I mean, you know, but those are things my, and, but you know, from that, after I got out of cosmetology school and I did that for a bit and then I ended up like hurting myself and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do hair on this side. Mm -hmm. I end up running a business for a lady. Right. I end up being like an office manager by the time I was 21 years old. I mean, even back then I was making like 17 bucks an hour, which was good. Mm -hmm. You know, that was like in goodness, like 99, 2000, you know, like it it was, it was decent money because I could take myself and I could adapt to situations. Right. And I'm sure, I'm sure, um, dancing gave you some kind of confidence that like, if I can do this and I can get out there and I can do this, then I can do anything. That's no, for sure. So for you, it wasn't a stumbling block. It was a stepping. Yes. It was a stepping. And that's what Gino was sure to tell me. He's like, look, this is just a stepping stone. And he he would tell me like that man was probably, he was probably my therapist at 18. He was Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) he was like, this is just a stepping stone for you. He's like, I know that you're like, you're going to do good things with your mm-hmm. life. I wish I could find that man, mm-hmm. but he's probably far gone. Cause he was like 70 back then. Right. And you know, it, it, and he was right. And, but you know, I think when you're in that situation, you look at it differently. Like, yeah, I had a confidence boost, boost about it. But then, like I said, then I had that thing where I was like, ew, all men are disgusting. They're fucking pigs. Right. You know, like. Right. So there was there was the upside of it. And yeah. then there was the downside there was, of it. So that's what right. I'm saying. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, ooh, I'm pretty good. And like, oh, yeah. But then you're like, ooh, they're all pigs. Right. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it. and look at me now. I mean, people, that's the thing is like when people talk to me and stuff, like I talk to a lot of people and, and I don't try to judge people, but they're like, oh, well, this and this and, oh, we've never done. And I'm like, I've lived a life Mm -hmm. and I've worked really hard to get to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've even made sure like my husband, when he got injured in the military, could finish his degrees to get his master's degree so that we can be where we're at. Like Mm -hmm. I basically took care of kids. Right. So that we could get to where we were. Like, 
Right. It takes a lot of just sucking it up. I mean, even before we opened this business, I guess what I can say that the huge, the most huge thing that people should take from this is nothing's beneath anyone. Right. Nothing. Right. And how much of, how much of where you started and where you are now, how much of that do you think was mindset? Oh, it's, I, I believe that when, like, when you come out of a childhood, like I came out of mm-hmm. 100% uh, mm-hmm. a, a mindset, that's what I was saying. I feel like, you know, um, even my uncles and everybody would be, and you know, they weren't bad people, but they'd be like, you sure are pretty. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to find you a good man. You know what I mean? It was stuff like that. Right. You you're know? going to have to rely on a man. Yes. 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 Yep. If not my looks. Right. So Think about that and telling that to a young girl. Why right. would I go to look at stripping or to model in negligees? Right, right. I mean, seriously. So, yeah, it had a lot to do with my mindset. I felt like, you know, things that were said to me and, and you know, and, and of course, you know, different people, depending on their mind and what they've been through, may take that differently. But mm-hmm. mine was, well, I guess I better be pretty. Right. And show my body. And I better find a man the, to take the, care of exactly. me. Exactly. Yes. Yes, those things. And so... You know, I was like, and and I kind of did that when I was younger, but then I got to a point where I was like, I can do this myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't need anybody to do that for me. But yes, I feel like that it is, it's, it's like a growth process with those things, right. just as it is with your life. Like, right. yes, you're going to, you're not going to do things that you don't know or that you're not comfortable with. And unfortunately my life, um, you know, growing up literally like half of my family is like the Sopranos, like they're getting truckloads of stolen goods and selling Mm -hmm. them and then my mom's side of the family are very you know prestigious people like they own a they owned a glass company in Kansas Mm -hmm. City and it was all my uncles and my grandpa and his brothers like everybody was involved in that and they were all really good people but then there was the other people which I got to see more closely Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of course my mom didn't associate with the people that were doing right you know the good stuff So that's what I seen. Mm -hmm. So I think when you first come out, you know, into adulthood and that's what you've seen, you're like, I'm going to hustle for money. Right. And I'm going to figure out a way to get it. And it doesn't matter if it's legal, illegal or, you know, whatever. Like I got to survive. It's total survival mode. Oh, yeah. I can can 100% understand that. Yeah. It's just it's one of those things. It's like you you just get there, you Mm -hmm. know, and once you're there, it's like I don't care. Right. Just as long as I'm surviving, my kids surviving and we're, we're all, you know, we're paying our bills this month, you know, that's right. what matters. But, you know, I, I, you, you, you just, you, once you get out into the world and, you know, you meet people and like I said, you meet different people throughout life. We've had this conversation, but they all teach you something. Oh yeah. A and blessing you, or a lesson. That's right. Yep. And then, you know, then you're learning all this new stuff and you're like, oh my God, my childhood was really fucked up. And like oh, yeah. my, my perception on the things that I should be doing for money and not be, are not okay. Right. You know? So yeah. So I've, I've grown there, but you know, I also was, uh, so that Don and I could start our engineering firm. I was delivering pizzas at Pizza Hut. Right. Over in Flug- just to, you know, get our business open. hmm because to me, even now at the age I'm at and living in a nice house and everything, if I needed the money and my, I needed it to survive, honey, I don't care. I will 
lick the sesame seed buns off of Ronald's ass. I don't right, care. Right. Like I know I'm being an ass, but no, right. really like, <laughs> right. You're going to do what it, you're going to do what it takes. To, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And you know, I would never, it would, I'm a fighter. So it would take a lot for me to be able to fail. Like I said, mm-hmm. I don't care. And you know, I mean, that took me into, I've owned several businesses. I owned a cleaning company in Kansas City. None of my businesses went under. I owned a farm. Right. Um, I made jams and jelly, soaps and scrubs and and sweetbreads and pies. And I went around and sold them all over Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I owned a property management company in Missouri. I mean, that's just unbelievable to me. I mean, you've had so many I've different... I've had several, like so many different businesses. You would be like amazed. Okay. So let's, let's recap that there. So I've done, let me go back and figure this out. So now I've owned, um, Don and I had a property management company. We owned a farm on our property management company. We managed like apartment complexes and rental properties. We got into that when, um, there was a real estate slump in 2010 Mm -hmm. and a lot of our friends that were in the military got, you know, uh, they were being stationed elsewhere and they couldn't sell their houses. Oh, geez. So we were like, okay, we're going to dabble in this. Well, that turned into also we were doing remodels and uh, construction stuff. Wow. Um, my farm, um, it was great. I had 17 acres out in Perry, Kansas. I had an orchard that had apples, peaches, pears, persimmons, grapes, um, let's see. I had pecans. I had black walnuts, English walnuts. Um, and I used it all. We had goats, chickens, ducks. Um, and so I would travel around to the, uh, farmer's markets and do different events. Like we had several events that would always want us to come back that we made a decent amount of money on. And then I was doing all this, of course, while my husband was in college, you know, mm-hmm. cause this is like me trying to trying to survive. Right. Um, and so that's when I just kind of learned how to do, you know, I, I was learning how to do books and stuff on my own because right when I met him, I actually was an insurance agent for state farm and I had my own cleaning company in Kansas city. Um, and then we relocated. So I was like, you know, um, and he's in college. I'm like, okay, I'm good at this stuff. I know how to do the books. I know how to market. Um, because I mean, that's the other thing that like dancing taught me mm-hmm. is you got to sell yourself. Right. That sounds horrible. But in in every, I can tell you in every situation I've ever been in, not just being an exotic dancer, selling insurance, marketing my companies, my cleaning, my farm business, you got to sell yourself. Yep. And people think it's the most disgusting thing sometimes. I'm like, you got to sell yourself. Yeah. If you can't sell yourself, then you shouldn't. Yep. You know, you need to have somebody else doing your marketing. Right. So I've always done my marketing, done my books. I still do the marketing now. Don and I own an engineering firm. Um, it's the best business we've ever ran, I would say. And um, it's what he went to school for. Right. Um, and I'm fine doing his advertising. I'm fine, you know, right. doing his books. Um, I make the joke now as people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm my husband's like administrative assistant during the day and a podcaster by night. Yeah, there you go. I mean, um, that's, I mean, it's, and people are like, ooh, that sounds so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, if you only knew, 
if you only knew. <laughs> so fancy. So fancy. <laughs> we're, we're sitting here in my dining room. We're lucky not to hear the dogs bark or somebody walk in the front door. Um, when the kids move out, though, we're going to have our own room upstairs for our podcasting. But I mean, it just goes to show you that like you can come from nothing and you can build yourself up to something. Um, and that just remember when you're looking at that person that's bringing food to your table mm-hmm. or the person that is, um, Azariah. Okay, happy listeners, if you're hearing this, we've just finished an episode and we are begging for you to give us a follow, please. And give us some ratings and five star is what we prefer, but we also prefer that you're honest. Look, that's great. What are you doing right now? You're you're driving along, you listen to this podcast. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Now look, in the next hour or so, while you're hiding from your boss in a stall watching TikTok videos... Or spanking the monkey to Pornhub. <laughs> take a take a couple minutes and instead jump on Spotify or jump on whatever podcast you're using to listen to this and give us a rating. Thank you.